All right, ladies and gentlemen, and all those that are out there, welcome to the 215 Seamer Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Kerwin, and I'm here with Dylan Campbell and Connor Doherty. So, guys, opening day, and it's the first game under the belt. Phillies are 1-0. and We got a lot to talk about. What What are your thoughts on the game yesterday? I know that you, uh, you uh, I know that, was it Connor or Dylan was at the game, or both of you? I was at the game. You weren't at the game, were you? No, I was not at the game. I was not at the game either, but I was watching from yeah. the comfort of my couch. But uh, so, Dylan, give us some insight at being at the game. It's definitely, and I, look, I've never been to an opening day before, but the kind of buzz around the bank was palpable. And it, yes, it was sold out, but there was this energy in the air. Maybe it was the fact that everyone was just hammered before they even came in, but <laughs> it was like everyone. At least they're doing was, it right. At least they're doing it right. And everyone <laughs> they are doing was it right. So excited to be here. And I just think of the stretches when last year during like July, August, big stretches, September, and no one's there. So that was huge to see everyone in, everyone involved. I think there's obviously a ton of hype because of our new lineup and because of the things that are going on. In terms of the game itself, uh, I thought it was interesting because we could kind of see all facets of the Phillies, good and bad. And yes, they played against the A's, but look, you have the Kyle Schwarber leadoff home run. You have, it was like, what, third inning and fourth, fifth, the run started kind of pouring in. Bryson Hot, Bryson Stock got a hold of it. Castellanos had that nice double. Later on, they tried to stretch into a triple. Base running was horrendous, but that's another issue. Uh, Nola looked great through seven or through six, and then Joe left him in way too long and he got tired and he got rocked. But then the bullpen came in and actually looked adequate and saved us. And the defense also later in the game looked horrendous, but that's also Reese Hoskins, who's just a complete liability on the base paths and in the field. That's another issue. Um, but overall, when you get to see all of these strengths of a new team and strengths that are relatively new in the fact that we have a deep lineup. And when you go to, oh, we have DD, Gene, Stott hitting uh, six, seven, eight. It's not like, it's not a bad thing at all. And it's kind of like, it's generating buzz. And I think the buzz is, you know, I think there's validity to that. And I think people should be excited because it's, it's different than what we've seen in the past few years for sure. So, Connor, what do you what are your impressions on the lineup in general after watching yesterday's game? Uh, I I really like the lineup. I to be honest, I thought that uh, Schwarber would be the DH and Castellanos would be in left mm-hmm. field. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they're interchangeable. You can flip flop them whenever. Um, why do you say that? Like, why do, know, you, just, why do you think that more? I just thought uh, Castellanos would be a little bit better in the field. I think he's a little bit. Uh, maybe more mobile. I think he has a bit of a stronger arm. Um, but, I mean, we know that the defense is not going to be anything to uh, really brag about this season. Um, <clears throat> but I do want to point out, Reese Hoskins had two hits to the opposite field, which is mm-hmm. two more than he had all of last season. That's so true. That's, that's, that's very true. good to see. Um, shout out to Bryson Stott, first major league hit, first major league RBI as well. Um, the hustle from Bryce Harper, it's mm-hmm. still great to see. I think, uh, I think he's getting his MVP, uh, plaque today presented to him before the game. Uh, that is correct. Be, yeah. Yeah. Which would be awesome to see. Um, <clears throat> I also, I'm not in love with JT batting second. Mm. I would rather see maybe mm. Reese bat second 
because I think Reese had a walk yesterday. Am I correct? Reese Reese had a walk yesterday. Um, I I think that's a good point that you bring up. JT batting second is like a catcher batting second is a little bit concerning, but um, I don't know. I I think that like JT or Gene could fill that role as the two spot, but I don't know. I'm actually kind of a big fan of JT being uh, sort of like getting on base because he, that's what he did. He, he, he went one for four, but he got on base, you know, and he, he's part of that run support. And, you know, it was interesting to see that like the only home run yesterday was Schwarber. I thought we were going to have maybe two or three, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the great part was this lineup was still stringing hits together, playing really good small ball. And I thought that that was such a great thing to see that they're not going to be hitting bombs all the time. They're not going to be bashing all the time. And that's okay. They're still going to get the hits and, and they were hitting, I'm pretty sure the Phillies were uh, five for 10 or even six for 11 in with runners yeah, in scoring like position scoring yesterday, position, yeah. which I, which is phenomenal that's insane. to see. That's insane, that's insane to see from this yeah. lineup. And it, especially <laughs> after lineups we've had in past years that would go like, Oh, for 10. <laughs> scoring position all the time so i i just think that this lineup has done so much um to get better and like the positivity the camaraderie around this team that built through even the shortened spring training has really come together and you could even tell in the stadium i mean there was a someone ran onto the field they were so excited so i i think yeah. it's an interesting um, point Connor, that you brought up, just to touch on Reese in the two-hole, because yes, part of me would like him to revert to 2019 Reese, where he walks and he gets on base, and I'd like someone who gets on base, but then there's also the element of Reese needs to decide who he wants to be. Does he want to be like last year, where he just swings at the first pitch so much more often? He's not working counts nearly as much, but he's more successful. He has these hot streaks, these Hold streaks yet he can drive in runs. Connor, Matt, wondering what you guys think Reese can be and what he should be as a hitter. Um, from my perspective, I think he can be the person who gets the walks a lot of the time, but I also am concerned because he struck out a lot looking during that 2019 season. And that's something that I really hate in a baseball player. I really do. People who strike out looking piss me off more than anything. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> A backwards K every once in a while is going to happen a lot, but Reese Hoskins does it way too often because he's so bad at pitch identification and in a lot of ways. He is. And I'm fine with him being in the five, six, or seven hole, mm-hmm. just trying to swing for the fences on the first pitch because more often than not, the first pitch is going to be the best pitch you're going to get in a lot of that bats. Don't get me wrong. Pitchers can be crafty. They will do stuff. Aaron Nola likes to throw a first pitch changeup just to mess with people. He does it all the time. Everyone has their MO. But I think that in this lineup, he's going to have to stay in that five, six area, seven area as a power hitter, as someone who's going to knock in runs. I don't see him being that uh, type of person to facilitate walks. Now, Segura, I can see that happening. I can see even Alec Bohm doing that if he gets mixed into the field some way, shape, or form. He's um, starting today at third. Is he, he is. Yeah, I, I yeah, figured no, that awesome. they were going to. I think he's batting uh, eighth. I want to say either mm-hmm. seventh or eighth. That makes sense, I, and, and I, I'm not surprised by that. But like, you know, 
I, I think that they're going to interchange Stott and Bohm a lot at third. And, you know, Didi's not going to be able to play every day at short and or or Segura at second. Like they're going to throw them in there. Like Stott's going to probably play second at some point or short, you know, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And I think that honestly, I really want to get Reese Hoskins off the field after yesterday's game. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he, 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 he can't stretch for the ball for his life. He's like afraid because of his injury from last that, year, yeah. you know, and, and I feel like that's going to hold him back unless he can get over it. And you don't know when it comes to major league baseball players, how well they're going to adjust to stretching and getting more comfortable after post an injury. You don't know what's going to happen. Like people don't know what's going to happen with Ronald Acuna Jr. When he comes back from his Mm -hmm. uh, torn ACL and whatnot. So like, you know, players do not always come back the same if or better. And that is a little worrisome in the case of Reese Hoskins, who struggled a lot mentally and, you know, ability wise over the last few years. I mean, he's been able to still hit home runs and, and, and whatnot and score runs, but it's like, I think he's good he's going to have to be a DH in some way, shape or form in a lot of contests when the Phillies are going to desperately need defense. I'm not saying Alec Bohm at first is a better option defensively, but since he's younger, hasn't really been injured, it might actually be beneficial for the Phillies to put Bohm at first in certain games. Um, And depending on how Bohm is hitting this season will also determine how effective he'll be in the lineup as well so yeah um and i think going back to reese either being in like near the top of the lineup or mm-hmm. uh in a in a position to drive in runs i think um because going back to to 2018 and 2019 when the phillies had like carlos santana and some of those other guys um reese was reese was more of a table setter um, he was more yeah. of a draw walks kind of guy. Um, I think in this lineup, he can he can go back to that, but only if they bat him like up near the top of the lineup. Um, so similar to what you guys were thinking, uh, because like if you bat him second, you have Harper third, Castellanos fourth, uh, probably who was fifth yesterday? Uh, Reese was fifth. Uh, yeah, so you can put uh. You can just switch him and um, JT. Yeah, you can just switch him and JT. Sorry, I'm kind of blanking. No, you're good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, if you just switch those two, uh, you know Schwarber's gonna be able to get on base. He let off the game with a home run yesterday. Um, Reese can, if he's batting second, then he can most definitely start to draw his walks again, get his OBP back up there. Um, Obviously, you don't want to take a you don't want to take his power away from him. Um, definitely, definitely keep him aggressive at the plate, but like a controlled aggression, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that that's a really good approach. I just wonder. I mean, like, I'm sold on Kevin Long. Like, I really am. Like, yeah. he's been a you one game. He, he's he's been a magician with this team. It is like night and day from the last few years with after hiring him as the hitting coach, like I cannot explain that. But one of the things I do, I I think we should touch on uh, going forward is especially the defense. Like, obviously there were, there was an error made and there was 
some questionable defense uh, that was made by certain players, but I kind of want to highlight one thing, you know, the hot corner is the hot corner for a reason. And Bryson yep. Stott got a lot of balls hit to him yesterday, but I will say that he kept the ball in front of him the whole time, even if he did miss it just a little bit or just like touched it and mm-hmm. he was still in front of the ball. And I think that that is something that Boehm wasn't able, able to do when he was making his mistakes last year. And I think just giving Stott like a week or two of just adjusting to being in the hot corner will the defense is going to get better. And like, he's just so good at adapting and just being a good fielder in general that I don't doubt it. And I actually was not as mad uh, with some of the slip ups and DD also backed him up really well. I also yeah. thought that like Gene also backed up Reese pretty well, even when, with, the, with some of the missed yeah, balls. Yeah. yeah. In a couple of the shifts and, and, you know, that infield defense, you know, for a lot of the pitchers that we have, which are sinker baller guys that are trying to get mm-hmm. ground balls and, you know, whatnot. Like I thought that the infield as a whole was fundamentally doing really well, despite the error and whatnot. And, you know, the outfielders, they had a couple pop-ups. I think it was like two or three yeah. throughout the entire game. They did what they had to do. You know, it, it was good. Um, I, I, but like defensively that the infield, I really didn't think was that bad. I, I think that they showed that they're going to be fundamentally good because they're in the major leagues for a reason. Yeah. You know, they have to be able to know how to field to get to this level, no matter how bad their efficiency is. I do think that the Phillies are going to grow defensively as a team. And, and I think that we've already seen that. And I think that people that are worried about it should be less worried. That's I, I get what I agree. I think on most of that, on much of it, I get what you're saying with growing defensively. I think last year, some of the defensive pains and things people saw were the lack of range and particularly the lack of range with DD and at short and then bomb. So all these ground balls to the left side, we really suffered. I think it's an interesting point on Stott where personally, I'm not sure if his arm is as strong as bombs. I don't think it matters necessarily. I do think third base may be his like forever home. I don't know if that sounds right, but because I don't know if he has the feet to be a like top level elite major league shortstop. I mean, that is just extremely hard to do. And I'm not knocking him as a player. I'm just saying if it's easier for him and he could be more productive at third, all the better. And I think he's transitioning, like you said, well. Um, I think that he's he had the error, and I guess the error is on the what the bunt runoff throw to Reese and Reese does the little flub because he gets scared of the runner. I, I guess that's on Stott. I'm not huge on saying that's really all his fault. I, I'm, I'm more, I'm putting it on Hoskins. I'm putting personally. it on Reese. Like, like yeah. I, I am. I agree with like, that was a whole, like Hoskins could have scooped that. That's my thing. Like he could have mm-hmm. stepped out a little bit more, gotten that ball and, and, and not worried about the runner. Like more often than not runners going from home to first base are not going to be, running over your ankle or trucking over you. I mean, it's not Ty Cobb. It's also not Chase Utley, even though, you know, I love Chase Utley. Praise the Lord right there. But, you know, not every, baseball players more often than not are not going to be these savage, like, killers on the base path. You know, more Machado. often than not. Like Machado. <laughs> I love Machado, too. Like, like I, I, I personally, like, I admire the savage killers at times. And the people that admonish them, I'm just like, you know, they're playing the game. They're playing the game, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna 
say no to that. Like, I mean, yes, certain certain players' careers were ended by it, but they played it. And but that's a different thing. Um, Connor, what do you think? Um, yeah, there's definitely Reese is definitely like we already know he's a liability. Um, I think I'm not gonna like break down the mechanics of how to pick a ball. Um, because I mean, he's a pro, he should know how to do it by now. Yeah. But I, there's a, a lot of times where I've seen Reese, like, kind of wait for the ball to get to him. Um, and that even goes back to, like, the stretches that you guys were talking about earlier. Um, I feel like if you stretch out to go get the ball, uh, there's a higher chance of, like, not only you're going to catch the ball sooner, like, you're also avoiding any contact from a runner because you're just farther away from him. Um, so that's, that's what I think about Reese in the field. I mean, he is what he is. Uh, Um, Boom is a good option there. JT is a good option there on a, like off days or whatever for him. Um, Schwarber could probably see some time there. I think Vierling even played there last year. Yeah, he he Um, did. Vierling played there a couple times. Yeah, so... I mean, there's options there if they want to put Reese back in left field. No, no I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, just uh, in general, um, like we know what to expect from Reese, but it doesn't make it any easier whenever there's the ground ball hit the stop, stop makes a nice play coming in to get the ball, um, and then Reese can't pick the throw, and then, you know, it's all of a sudden it's a 6-5 game. Like yeah. that's it just can't happen. Um, but it continues to happen. So but uh we only got about six plus minutes left here, and I wanted to bring up something that I thought yeah, was absolutely. important. Matt Vierling could have had three extra base hits yesterday. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I if, I'm if the A's weren't playing him on the warning track, he would have had like yeah. three uh, extra base Scotty, hits yesterday. Scotty was playing so deep for him. I know. They, I've like, never seen. They, they read him so well, which like, I mean, like good on the A's for doing that. And Mark yeah. say yeah. or whoever was like doing that. But damn, like Veerling was the only guy that didn't get a hit. I mean, he got the sack fly. He got the run. He contributed to the lineup. He moved the runners too. I will say like, he had a good day in the field and at the plate, and it just yeah. was fortunate, like the way that it turned. Both out. of them were the opposite way too, which I guess is more. Uh, more I think there was more of a to, timing. Uh, Kevin thing. Long, yeah, yeah, that too. Um, um, but going back to that Kevin Long thing, real quick. Sorry, I like to jump around. <laughs> um, but uh, we will really, really see. Um, like obviously. Uh, a lot of basically all these guys in the lineup are like proven major league hitters. Like we know Bryce Harper, we know Reese at the plate, we know Schwarber and Castellanos. Um, and I was, I was really, really excited. Everyone was really excited to see what Mickey Moniak could do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna have to wait now. Yeah. Um, but whenever he comes back, I'm hoping that the Phillies don't give him like rehab assignment because that rehab assignment is going to be like a hey, three games down in triple a it's going to turn into three weeks and then yeah. three weeks will turn into a month so ideally i would like to see what mickey monia could do as soon as possible um yeah so I would yeah too. like that's just 
first development. Um, I also don't want to see Odubel back personally. Uh, just well, because yeah. like, I don't, I, mean, I, I don't think we need, yeah. him. I don't think we need him. I think that this team didn't need to resign him. I, I know that they resigned him for depth, but he basically started majority of last year in center, you know, and played regularly. And I think that like, you know, in some way, shape or form, Odubel Herrera and Matt Veerling were going to be that platoon in center before Moniak came on the scene. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, I think that was a mistake, period. I don't think Odubel was going to do well in spring training, to be honest. And he probably would have lost the spot and went down to AAA. In a, but, like, paying $4.5 for a AAA player is, like, why? But we still do it. The yeah, thing is, I think the Phillies should – I think the Phillies should – yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like the – I mean, like, there's a couple players in the minor leagues that I'd like to trade, like Kingery and – Oh, doable. I feel like those are two guys I would love to trade, but I don't know anyone that's going to take those contracts right now. Yeah. I would have yeah. rather they and, kept and easily I'm, too. Yeah. I, I would have too. And I think, well, the thing is the White Sox aren't even using Hazley. Like no. he's in AAA. He's going to be playing for, uh, was it uh, the Charlotte Knights <laughs> for God knows how long um, until someone gets injured. But like, you know, and, you know, Vince Velasquez is the White Sox number five starter right now which is wild to think about yeah exactly have fun with that like i'm you know as much as and and you know in general i think that you know the phillies have a lot of depth in infield and outfield right now and and they don't need like scott kingery or even odubel herrera to back up because you got nick maton in the infield who can come up at any point and he can still make an impact um, you have Simon Muziati who made it onto the roster, um, who I'm very big on. Your guy, as a prospect. Emotional you know, he's, in the dugout. I, he's, he's my he's my guy. Yeah, dude. He he is a really he he is a contact guy. He's not gonna have a lot of power right now, but he is a contact guy and a defensive mind. Like he is really defensive oriented. But um, sort of the last point I want to talk about in the last couple of minutes that we have here, just thoughts on Philly's pitching. Just like, what do you guys think? Like how the pitching went yesterday? I think uh, I think Nola started the game really, really well. Um, yeah. I mean, he he was he had a no hitter in like the fourth inning, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. No hard hit balls at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, Kept the pitch count low. Yeah, he was yeah. extremely economic. Economical. Sorry, I can't speak English. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he, he was really good with his pitch count. Um, the fastball was crisp. The, the uh, curveball was good. Everything was locating well. Um, he made that one mistake to uh, – who hit the first home run? Was it – Chad Pender. Yeah, I don't even know anyone on the A's. Um, yeah, Chad yeah, so Pender he, hit the first one. Yeah, he made that mistake to uh, Chad Pender. Um, and then the bullpen came in. Bullpen did pretty well. I really am a pretty big fan of Jerry's Familia's sinker. Uh, yeah, oh, that thing was good. That was pretty wicked yesterday. Um, it like that. Were they was, moving like, the beat. pitches? Because yeah. obviously I couldn't see. Were they okay? Oh, oh, they off. were like you should have seen it on the television. Jerry's Familia's one sinker was like a meteorite to the ground. Like, oh my god! You it's at ninety-seven. It. So yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, I'm fun it was with phenomenal. That. Um, and Sir Anthony's back too. 
that was great cool. inning, really quick inning for him. He, he, he was out there and off in like five or six pitches. Um, but yeah, yeah, hopefully, well, not hopefully. I mean, I think he should be able to go again today, but mm-hmm. I mean, you never know with Joe Girard. By the way, another observation from yesterday Joe Girardi is still a dumbass. Yeah. Um, I think everyone. <laughs> Everyone could tell that Nola was kind of running out of gas. Uh, he was leaving his fastball up over the plate, um, and he eventually paid the price for it. Uh, I guess that's to be expected, though, when you only have, like, 15 spring training games, which is, like, three starts per pitcher uh, or per starter. Um, so, yeah, any uh, last thoughts that you guys have? Yeah, Joe, I agree, Connor, you know, Joe Girardi uh, making another simple managerial mistake that should have definitely been fixed. You know, Nola had only been pitching 50 or 60 pitches, and then you're trying to get him to stretch to 70 or 80 when he just wasn't ready yet. And that's, you know, obviously like the regular season started, you want to test him out a bit, you know, see if it goes. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of, you know, managers would have tried to do the same, but I think, you know, Nola was being economical. Girardi should have also been more economical in what he was doing. And I think there was a lot of just mismanagement in that seventh inning, but, you know, they got lucky to get out of it. And uh, what do you think, Dylan? I mean, maybe it's, I like Joe, but maybe it's another hurdle the offense has to overcome. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not just the defense. It's also Joe and it's also Joe's potential. I know he loves to leave in the starters, and typically I like it, but not, not in opening day. And you don't have to pull Gabe Kapler, but when someone's visibly slipping, as he was in innings before and in the sixth, just take him out. So it's a contract year for Joe. I, one thing I thought of that would be interesting, if this team does succeed and they aren't good and they make the playoffs say, does Joe necessarily stay automatically? Or because to replace him then on a good team, I feel like it's kind of difficult and you're replacing the coach, but if they're really not satisfied with Joe and they kind of make it in spite of Joe, do they get a new coach? That's kind of what I'm wondering. Yeah. I'm wondering the same thing too. I'm also worried if like, you know, Kevin Long and like the other good coaches that really improve the team as a whole. And it's just like Joe's bad decision-making. Like I'm wondering if they will go with him or just like go period to other opportunities if he leaves or doesn't get re-signed so like if he doesn't make as many mistakes this year and he's a little bit better or just so you know like maybe some of the other coaches just like have more of an influence on him making the decision who knows um you know and, and, and the team just does progressively get managed better I, I hope that they and make the playoffs I hope that they do resign him just because like it's working like they figured it out a little bit. I hope for the best in that case, but you know, we have to wait and see, but the first game was, you know, visibly imperfect, but great at the same time. Yeah. um, Joe, uh, I think uh, we all know um, he's, I don't expect him to be back next year. Like on the West Phillies win the pennant, Um, (laughs) but I am, I am a little bit worried about um, maybe the potential of, you know, like a young and upcoming team. Like, I I don't know, maybe the Nationals. Um, they might look at someone like Kevin Long or or Caleb Cotham uh, as a potential new manager. Um, Kevin Long 
came from DC too. So there's probably, there might be a link there. Uh, maybe a reason that he would want to go back. Um, but I mean, let's, let's worry about that in the off season. Um, yeah. Let's enjoy yeah, this one. Exactly. 1-0 now going for 2-0 today. Who do we got? We got Gibson on the mound today, I believe. We got Gibson. Yeah. Gibson on the mound today. Gibson on the mound and today. I think it's uh, Eflin tomorrow mm-hmm. um, Eflin for the tomorrow. last game. I believe. Sounds like three and zero. Oh. Sounds like a sweep. <laughs> Sounds like a Sounds sweep like to it. me. Oh. I have one question for you guys left. All right, what's that? Should those listening bet on a Bryce Harper home run today? I would yes. say Bryce it Harper's wouldn't day. be a bad idea. Yeah. It would not be a bad idea. Probably depends it wouldn't be on the a bad value, idea. right? Yeah. I mean, Cole Urban's pitching, who's a lefty, former Philly, has oh, improved Bruce, since being, since being on. Bryce lefties. Yeah. So, Bruce like, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I think it's a good bet. That's a, that's, that's a good bet. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's, that's all I got. What do you got? That's Anything all? else? I think that's Bill, it. You good? All I'm right. Good. Well, Thank you to all our listeners of the 215 Seamer Podcast. I'm Matt Kerwin, uh, joined by uh, Dylan Campbell and Connor Doherty. Uh, Enjoy game two and uh, the rest of the season. Go Phils. Go Phils. All right, right, fellas. Talk to you next week. See you guys.